Hey, what's up, everybody? Just wanted to let you know this podcast here was recorded last night. We did not have the unfortunate news of Sam Darnold mono diagnosis handy to us at that time. Listen to this through that lens of us not knowing that, guys. We still wanted to put the show out anyway. The news is obviously catastrophic. Um, the way me, Mike, and the Wook kind of look at it, guys, is the run of games we have right here at the beginning of the year, you know, with Sam, a much better chance to win them, but a good chance we'll be the underdog in most of those games. Anyway, I'd much rather him be out these beginning games of the season, have him back for that second half of the season stretch where we're going to try to make some hay in this league anyway than have him out in the second half of the season if it was going to happen. But it's the Jets, so you do never know with us, guys, and it is unfortunate. We're all bummed out. Got to make the best of it. Trevor Simeon Monday night now. Let's just ride with it and see what happens, guys. Just wanted to let everybody know that. Here's the show for this week. Hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Sean Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Jeff fans. Very passionate. Bird, Bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Dolphins sucks. Darn an unbeliever. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jets fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everyone. I'm thick and pissed, bro. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And as always, one of the top-level NFL analysts in the history of podcasts, the big stinking whoopee. Nicholas Conk. Ladies and gents, thanks for joining us tonight. Hope you have a good time. Now, Wookie, just first of all, he came in with the fire right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On point, and I like it very much. Right there. Uh, our team did not come in with the fire this weekend. However, Michael, Jets, Bills, the best thing we could say about it is it was a giant disappointment. That's that's the nicest thing we can say. Mike, I'm going to let you get into it. I just want to let everybody know, like, somehow the, the second half collapse that occurred of us giving up 17 unanswered points and losing the game 17-16, it somehow coincided with me, and my friends know this now, me in the halftime of the game, around halftime, getting an actual migraine. And I'm not, I don't mean this facetiously or I'm joking around. I mean an actual yeah. real migraine, which if people out there get them, they know how, how much that debilitates no you while I'm at the game. So it's like the game itself was... Mike, it was just, you know, disappointing in every way. You blow the lead. You're up 16-0. The offense is doing absolutely nothing. But you say to yourself, we turned them over four times. We have a safety. We have a defensive touchdown. You do all the all the math in your mind of all watching football and hearing all these stats throughout the years. And you go, you can't lose those games, right? It, just, it doesn't happen. No. Buffalo Bills aren't playing well. No. And then you have an eight-play 80-yard drive. You have an eight-play 85-yard drive. Two touchdowns for the Bills. Right at the end of the game to John Brown there. Game's over. Sayonara. Get the ball back. Do nothing with it. Gase's offense, Mike, coming in here and doing absolutely nothing against the Bills. The Bills have a great defense. I understand that. You have to look through it the context of the fact that the team they played still laid an egg in the home opener, Mike. And I think Jet Nation is just very, very disappointed right now. They're the first team to blow a 16-0 lead with four takeaways since guess what? Since the Bears beat the Cardinals back in 2006, 
and the late great Dennis Green said, They are who we thought they were. You remember that? They are who we thought they were. But you know what? They were exactly what we thought. Josh Allen, I said he was a jabron. He's a jabron. He's garbage. He's a garbage quarterback. And um, I'm sorry that you have a migraine. I I shut off completely. I I usually don't do that. I usually take losses in stride. I look up stats. I try to find silver linings. You know, opening day, you, you, you look forward to this day for so long. You... Two, three, four, five months you're waiting for this game. And then I look in the back pages and I see same fraud Jets. It's like we changed all these things, talked about being a different team, and the narrative continues to be what it is. And, you know, there's a lot of places to look, play the blame. We're going to talk about that. But um, but it's frustrating because the Bills were what I what we thought they were. Okay. They're not a good team. They scored zero points in a bunch of uh, two and a half quarters. And then in that third quarter with Henry Anderson making that stupid play on Josh Allen to continue to drive for them to kick a field goal. And then all the other events that laid across them coming back and, and winning. And, yeah, and you know that play by Henry Anderson you're alluding to? That was, you know, not a smart play, but he barely touches the guy. And how, how big is Josh Allen? What is he, 6'5", 240 pounds or <laughs> something? And, and the dude did a back bump. He went flying as if he got actually yeah. clobbered, barely got touched. It was a penalty, I guess. Those are the type of things. Though. Obviously, backbreakers and they kill you. Um, yeah. They may drop an interception one of those drives, too. There's a few things here that could have broken that There's a few things. The good things, the good things. C.J. Mosley started off the scoring with a 17-yard pick six and then followed it up by recovering a botched snap from Josh Allen. Mosley was so dominant. He was worth every cent. You, When he ended up getting hurt in the late in the third quarter, you could see the effect it had on the defense. And there was no good lack of communication between the defenders and then all of a sudden they started handing off to Singletary he starts running wild Josh Allen starts running wild the Bills are able to march up the you know and and honestly that's on the defense I understand that CJ Mosley is the quarterback of the defense but you can't fall apart like that but a positive I thought CJ Mosley was absolutely fantastic and then another and then another guy who was just a star was Lev Bell absolutely amazing he was everything that we wanted him to be he was stopped on a fourth and one hit in the back backfield and he was able to push and still get that first down he caught he had uh, tremendous receiving skills with that that uh, catch in the end zone that two-point conversion I mean he mossed one of those defensive players jumped right over him you know he was able to be balanced, you know, with patient runner the way he was. And yeah, he only rushed uh, 17 carries for 60 yards. And uh, receiving-wise, he was six receptions for 32 yards and a tee. But I thought that he was the most effective offensive weapon out there for the New York Jets. He didn't average many yards per carry, but I mean, they had to keep going to him because he's Le'Veon Bell, and that, that's what you do in those situations. They ran the ball uh, 21 times in the game. Lev didn't kill him rushing, but he was pretty effective on the rushes that we needed to get a first down on third down and then fourth down there, like you said. Two-point conversion. I thought Lev looked pretty good, looked pretty shifty, especially considering he hasn't played in, what was it, 19 months or however long it was. And C.J. Mosley, obviously, I mean, that was... 
that was the MVP of the game. He had a sack, an interception return for a touchdown, three batted balls, and five tackles. That dude had, like, he had some some linebackers, you know, half a season worth of what they might get. He had it in one game, one yep. half, you know. So, C.J. Mosley was out there just looking like an absolute machine oh, for the Jets. First game, and... Um, it did seem like things took a turn when he was out. That could have just been coincidental. They might have made some adjustments in the second half, the Bills, because, you know, that the third quarter, we were winning 16 nothing, And that's the third quarter is when we had scored our touchdown offensively. Right. So it seemed to me like, okay, well, maybe now we figure something out here. Um, that's not what happened. The rest of the game, obviously, we didn't score any points. And we one thing we left out on field goal kicker, we do have a new field goal kicker now. Vidnik makes the uh, field goal and an extra point in the game. If he makes the extra point, they probably wouldn't have went for two, so that's a wash. But the field goal that he missed, if he makes that, obviously the end of the game is very different because the Buffalo Bills would have had to get the ball back again, go down the field again, yeah. and you know the Jets would have been able to get a drive in there before that, maybe burn some clock. Completely different game you're talking about because the Jets would have been up by a couple points there. Uh, and that's one of the things that it kind of gets lost, those missed kicks, because a lot of other things happen in the game to decide right. if you win or you lose. But you miss a kick like that, and it wasn't even close. Uh, the extra point, I think, was a little closer. The mix, the missed kick was just, that was horrific. Yeah, that's uh, you know, that's another thing that was good. But when it comes to the positives, Michael, like you said, Mosey was great. Bell played tremendous. Uh, you know, Neville Hewitt had an interception. He played good. I mean, no Jenkins sack, and he had the safety. You know, May dropped an interception. But besides that, I thought played pretty good. Him and Jamal Adams. Yeah, Jamal Adams. I mean, Jamal Adams wasn't as loud as he usually was. But like you said, the safeties played really well. And then Jamison Crowder, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? This guy, he's caught almost over 30% of all the receptions for the day. 14 receptions for 99 yards. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to have 17 targets every single week. Um, what were you saying he's on pace for? Well, if he has 14 catches that first game, right now, Jamison Crowder's on pace for 224 catches. Yeah. So let's, let's <laughs> go ahead and keep that pace yeah. up. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. But he, he really, really was a security blanket for Sam Darnold uh, with Herndon, guys like Herndon out and um, with uh, with um, Robbie Anderson. And like you said, Robbie was going to struggle because Tredavious White was uh, shadowing him. But uh, I thought that that um, that Jameson Crowder was a bright spot for the Jets off. Yeah, but Mike, he's a bright and spot. But at the same time, if you finish a game and your slot receiver has 14 catches, that's not good. The Jets averaged 3.4 yards per play. I'm assuming in the game that was they didn't even average four yards per play in the game, which is tough. I mean, Sam had 175 yards. About, remember last week I said maybe 175, 200 right. yards for him in a touchdown? That's kind of, I did. kind of thought it might be around where he was. But when 14 of your 28 completions are to the slot receiver, and then I forget, I think Bell had about, I think Bell had another five or six catches or something like that, Mike. Six. Six catches. All right, catches, so that's 20 yeah. catches right That's That's 20 catches right there that are all within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Right. I mean, that's yeah, and that was one, and then and that was on a, starting from the negatives, the conservative play calling. I mean, Adam Gase was brought in here. He was brought in here to make sure that the quarterback was better and that the offense was fluid. And he is showing that he's doing exactly what he did over at Miami with this dink and dunk type of offenses, the way, same way that uh, Ryan Tannehill was running the offense with the Miami Dolphins. And that was realized on Sunday with all of these dink and dunk plays. I mean, he extended, he called four, only four throws 20 yards or longer. To, uh, that Sam was able to throw downfield and Sam was 0 for 4 on all those throws. And his conservative play calling really, I think, was a disservice to this off this team. The offense only put up 8 points for the entire game. So I thought really that he needs to be 
a lot more aggressive when it comes to say, look, one of the things that we liked about Sam was his ability to play on the run. And one of, the, and even though we all thought Jeremy Bates was a terrible offensive coordinator, when Sam was playing in those last four games last year, he was creating design rollouts where Sam was rolling out of the pocket and then making plays with his legs and throwing downfield. That's the type of ingenuity. That's the type of out of the box thinking that we need Adam Gates to start doing. I understand he has his philosophies, but he needs to know what's best for this offense and how to utilize Sam to make him be able to reach his the potential he was able to reach. Another negative was the entire offensive line. I mean, the, the offensive line looked like it wasn't even playing. It's never played Yeah, I mean, together. they, went, they went up against been. a formidable defense, and they went up against guys that have played together before. Uh, and Buffalo, like we said last year, was the number two ranked defense in the league. Uh, you know, they got some studs up there, but they looked confused, and they looked like they were just not coordinated at all right. the offensive line. A good portion of that game. Sam was under duress a good portion of that game. Ryan Khalil said... 33%. Yeah, so Ryan Khalil said that he missed a couple calls there himself, uh, which is, you know, the guy hasn't played the whole entire preseason. You might you thought that might happen, but Sam didn't seem like he had a clean pocket for right. most of the game when he was back there. And, you know, that's something hopefully they can clean up versus the Browns. The Browns have a good defensive line also, so we'll see how that goes. But Mike, another, another duo there. I mean, I guess one guy I want to call out specifically is... Is Dow Roberts? You know he got burned on the touchdown and also had a big, uh, big penalty. Uh, coming into the year, cornerbacks an issue. We knew that Dow Roberts. We knew he was going to be the number two. Do you think this quick into the season he's already exposed as someone that we cannot have out there as a starter? Think that the I really think that the cornerbacks did what they were going to do. I mean, we've known that our cornerbacks were weak. We've known that since August. We've known that since OTAs. And literally, this top, this defense is going to have to be good in the red zone, and they're going to have to create turnovers. And for the most part, I thought this defense did the job. I mean, we know the cornerbacks are going to get burnt. They just are. They're not good cornerbacks. And I felt that Greg Williams, for two and a half quarters, the defense did what it was supposed to do based on the talent that we have. But at the end, when CJ went down in the fourth quarter and they were able to, they started running all over us. Um, Daryl Roberts just when when uh, Gase was on his conference call, you know, he he basically, you know, he didn't by name anybody on the defense, but obviously he said the cornerback group played horrible by the way he responded to the questions. His conference call didn't go great, Mike. And one of the things I meant to uh, say earlier when you were talking about the short passing plays and not going down the field that often, when Gase was asked about that, Mike, he basically threw the receivers under the bus and said there were some coverages they should have noticed. That's why we didn't go down the field. Or that the quarterback kind of maybe missed the reads or, you know, however right. however you want to interpret it. He did, he did kind of protect Sam, Mike, like you mentioned to me before we started recording. That's another one of the negatives, the kicking, obviously. And then you have to be honest about it. I Even though his quarterback rating was an 84, it's the worst in the world, I don't think Sam played very well. No, he didn't. He did not have a good game at all. He didn't show regression in that he looked like the quarterback against the Jacksonville Jaguars, against the Browns from last year. He didn't turn the ball over, but Sam missed. His feet did not look good all game. And I understand that he was under duress 33% of the time. He got sacked four times. I understand that. But as a quarterback, a professional quarterback in year two, you need to be able to adjust 
and be able to make plays. The throw to Robbie Anderson, the one that uh, they could have won the game on, Robbie tripped, and that's why he got out of his break slow, and Sam overthrew him. But um, Sam needs to see that. Uh, he need he needed to step more into his throws. He needs to, be, you know, there was a couple of throws there that were under underthrown. But the biggest problem I had with Sam was that he got the ball back with two minutes to go down one point, and we know that the defense was failing us. And that's you're the franchise quarterback. You're the guy that everybody says is the chosen one. You're the the one that everyone has their hopes and dreams on. You need to, at the very least, put this team in a position to win the game. And I understand. I, I, I people are going to come out and they're going to make excuses for like Adam Gase did. Fans, they all want to protect Sam. Yo, it's year two, man. You're not a baby anymore. You've already played a year. You've already seen and experienced. I understand that the, the, the offensive line and everything. You need to go and put this team in a position to win. And you didn't do that. And and I was very disappointed in that. And um, and he's going to have to be better. The, the expectation is that he's going to be better because if you're the franchise quarterback, you look, if Tom Brady, Shady Brady, had the ball with two minutes to go, we already know what would happen, don't we? We already know he would have went right down the field, put themselves in field goal position, kick the field goal, and, and that's it. We saw it a million times. We saw Deshaun Watson get the ball back with, what? What was it, 45 seconds? 45 seconds, and he had the whole field and scored a touchdown, right? We saw that, right? I know they ended up losing because Breeze ended up taking him right back. <laughs> and that's one of those... See? See what I'm saying? Yeah, Mike, that's one of those examples yeah. right there, and you texted this to me, and we spoke about this, where... You know, the big-time quarterbacks, they make these big-time plays. And, you know, I know right. that Hopkins is on the Texans, Michael Thomas is on the Saints, very helpful guys to have on your team, okay? We don't have any, we don't have either of those guys. But at the same token, I mean, there's quarterbacks that have done more with less throughout the NFL forever. A guy like Peyton Manning, plenty of different quarterbacks right. that yep. maybe didn't have a guy. He ended up getting Reggie Wayne, he had Marvin yep. Harrison. But, I mean, they, they can turn guys that are marginal receivers into really good receivers just because of how good they are. Yep. And that's the right. pace that all Jet fans, all of us, were kind of hoping Sam's on. Now, it's like he's not, not on that pace because of this first game. Right. The Bills had the best pass defense in the NFL last season. Put it in the proper context. He might not have a, pa- a game with this low of passing yards the rest of the year. Right. You know, because they might not face a pass defense exactly. as good as this one the rest of the year. This might just happen to be week one. And yep. that's who we faced it. And we blew it against the Bills. And, you know, but, yeah, all in all, though, Mike, disappointing day. We don't have to run through all the stats or do a, go through every play of the game like we do when we take a W for the Jet fans. Yeah, we all know what happens. You know, we know the offense disappointed. If you really know how good the Bills defense was, you listened to us last week. I didn't think the offense was going to dominate. I thought maybe we'd have 20 points match. Right. We ended up with 16. But I thought the offense would be able to maybe get a couple touchdowns, yeah. get maybe push the ball down the field, get some field goals. I know they missed the field goals. So they had another a, a chance to score again and have another scoring drive there. But very disappointing game on the offense. Defense, a similar feeling, Mike, to previous regimes with the Jets. Even, even with Todd Bowles, where sometimes it seemed like the Jets' defense would play good the whole game until when it mattered the most. And then we would fold. And that happened to us again this yep. weekend. So, Jet fans, that same old Jet feeling, that, that saying we all have, when you lose a tough game like this, 
This doesn't feel any different than previous regimes, previous losses we had. This has a similar feeling to Jets. We know what this tastes like, all of us. And that's the reason I think there's so much disappointment this week, more than just it being 0-1. Everyone knows there's plenty of games left. It's the way that they lost. It's how disappointing the offense was when we were told it's going to be something different. You know, you get four turnovers, you get a safety, you get a pick six, you get another interception. You think you're going to win that game. It almost never happens. I I guess it's the perfect time to say it ain't easy being green, is it? Yeah. And that's pretty much yeah. all i got to say about that game, guys. Now, we're going to get to the most anticipated segment in the history of podcasts. The very first edition, Michael Agaris's News and Notes. Let's go. It is now time for... Oh, my God! Hello, what's up, everybody? Mike's. You're a professional. I'm a professional. News and... Devastation to the locker room. Notes. It's the home of the Jets! All right, Mike, what do you got for us this week, bro? So, Adam Gase, you alluded Adam Gase was protecting Sam Darnold. So, you know, this new coach is starting off his tenure with a loss. And sometimes, or most of the time, when you're the leader of any organization, a group of men or women, that you, as the leader, want to take responsibility for not getting the job done. That's not something that Adam Gase did. He did not take any blame here. He hit the wide receivers. He hit the cornerbacks. He talked about the offensive line. He met, said initially that he may have given the players a little bit too much information, but then he said after looking at tape, he walked that statement back, and he started protecting Sam Darnold, just like how he was protecting um, Tannehill in Miami. This is, this is something that... Um, that can be corrected. I hope that those in management understand that if he continues to not blame, lay blame. I mean, if you look back at all of our coaches, Mangini, uh, Rex Ryan, uh, Todd Bowles, uh, Herm Edwards, they all took blame in losses, all of them. And if you do this, you're going to begin to isolate the locker room. You're going to, Sam Darnold is going to feel like a teacher's pet. And this is not going to be good for conducive for the team. So I really hope that Adam Gase in future losses looks at himself because he is definitely culpable here. His offense did not put put up big points and his play calling was conservative. And that definitely led to the loss. Yeah, he said today when asked, because that was the conference call with the reporters where he made those comments, Mike. And he had his press conference today with the reporters face to face. And he said he actually thought he was pretty nice on the call. So that's how he's viewing all those things. And that's how he that's the lens he's looking at things through. He thought he was pretty which is maybe he was. What do I know? Uh, maybe maybe it is refreshing to have someone be so direct. But the thing is this um, if you're also part of the blame, then you can't be throwing else everyone else under the bus and making it seem like you didn't make any mistakes. Right. Also, the type of answers these type of answers, when they ask you about a kicker and they say to you do you regret not bringing back Myers, just considering how the game went? He was in the Pro Bowl last year, et cetera, et cetera. Because remember, Adam Gase was here by the time he decided to let Myers go. Or just not resign right. not resign him, I should say. And Gase said, you know, I don't really remember that conversation. The next question was, you don't remember a conversation, by a reporter, you don't remember a conversation about a Pro Bowl kicker? Right. And Adam Gase goes, oh no, I do remember the conversation, I just don't want to tell you. Okay, now that might that might just seem inconsequential, and it is. It's just a, a reporter and the coach being snippy, right? But it's the type of answer. Why would you say that? What are you What are you accomplishing? Right. Like, yeah, get you, something done. You, you, you could have just said you didn't remember, and when the guy followed up, like I don't remember, and moved on with their life. You chose to yeah. tell the guy that tell him I didn't want to tell you guys. This is what I, it's like. <laughs> don't proactively be a jerk. 
if the door is there to not be the jerk. It's kind of my point. Uh, Bill Belichick gets away with it. Greg Popovich gets away with it. Certain coaches get away with it, but guess what they have? Rings. Success. And whatever we want to say about Belichick and all the cheating and the dirtbag ways of the Patriots, we'll get into shortly with another player that they just added. When you build up that credit, you you can be a jerk. And what are people going to say to you? Your owner's not firing you. You know, he's a good... So, I mean, Adam Gase, I I don't know where he comes off, but if you guys all remember... When we brought Adam Gase on, man, you know, we've spent the last five or six weeks, me especially, trying to do my best. I didn't have to say anything about Gase. I said, let's see how the season goes. We got the mountain in here now. I'm going to try to be positive and move forward. When they signed him, though, and they brought him in, one of the reasons I was so upset is because of the way he ran things in Miami. Uh, His relationships Mm -hmm. with players, his play calling, a lot of different things that left a lot to be desired seem to have already surfaced here. It's been one week. And the, the standoffish nature with the media and the lack of culpability when it comes to the team right. was there in Miami. It's here again within one week with the Jets. If you just look ahead and some, listen to some of the things he said, and you know that, that's concerning to me, Mike, because it seemed like a lot of players weren't feeling him in Miami. And you, that, that's not something in New York that usually plays well, those right. type of coaches. I know Tortorella with the Rangers coach like that, and once the Rangers started to dip a little bit, they wanted them out of here, yeah. the fans. So yep. you, right. you got to watch yourself. And, you know, he, he like you said, the defense kind of got thrown under the bus, as they should in that fourth quarter. But they played great the whole game. That was the only reason you were really in the game. I mean, the, oh, the receivers, absolutely. I'll take Gase's word on that. But just the way he went about it, especially answering things about the kickers and the thing you mentioned before, Mike, it's just it, it's a very interesting way to go about your first actual after-a-loss press conference, just knowing how you were looked at previously. Even if you thought that, even if it was true that you know, the wide receivers screwed everything up, and you don't you don't say that. You say, look, we've got, as a group, we've got a lot of things to work on. You know, we, we all made mistakes. You don't start, and then, but to your point, Keith, he never said anything about the play calling, or coach staff has to do a better job, too. Yeah. It was just subliminal. Everybody else gets Well, you know what it is? There's, like, a few things he said here and there that were about play calling and this and that. And I think since he took... Like, sometimes there's people when they have big egos, if they take, if they in their head think they took, like, a slightest, even little bit of responsibility to them, that's, like, taking right. the most humanly possible. So that might, that might be the most you're going right. to get Adam Gase. Moving on from that, I mean, uh, talking about the receivers he's thrown under the bus, one of those receivers is out for the season, Quincy Inunua, with another neck injury. This could be a career for him. He had a career, uh, he had a neck injury back in 2017 that sidelined him for the season. He came back last year, did play a couple of games pretty well, ended up getting dinged up. He's always being dinged up. He's a guy who has played better than his draft position, but he cannot stay healthy. And a guy, the best bayability is availability, right? So this guy is going to be, I honestly think that this is a career for him. And the Jets then went and did a trade with the New England Patriots of all teams and got Demarius Thomas for a 2021 six-round pick, which I thought this was kind of like just trading for Perry Nickerson, but Perry Nickerson was a conditional six-round pick, and since the Seahawks cut him, I don't think we're going to be getting that pick. So, uh, Demarius Thomas, does he have anything left? I mean, when he was on the Texans before he even tore his Achilles, he looked like he was out of gas. Um, The one thing that we know is Demarius Thomas knows this offense very, very, very well. So at the very least, he could bring some added um, 
experience. He looked good in that last preseason game. Yeah, and he looked good versus the Jets last year, too. This is how I look at him, Mike. It's obviously very unfortunate Quincy went out, and we wish him the best. And when he was on the field and he's healthy, he's a beast, and he's a load, and he does a lot for the team. He's just someone that seemed to get in nicked a lot and injured a lot, maybe because of the way he played. Very violent receiver when he's out there. Getting to Thomas. Now, last year, uh, he got traded during the season, and played on two different teams last year, and like you said, Mike, not that he looks so amazing, but uh, he, has, he, put, he was okay enough, I think, with the two teams. Right. Uh, the stats between the two teams last year ended up with 677 yards. Two years ago, just two seasons ago, though, still almost had 1,000 yards. Yep. He was 949, five TDs. He had five TDs last season before he hurt, his, uh, before he hurt the Achilles. So, if you just look at our, our core of receivers... We have a guy like Crowder. We know what he's going to do. He's going to be that slot guy. And obviously, it looks like we're going to throw a lot of passes to Bell there. He's 6'3", 220, not what he used to be. But if a guy that size and he's a smart receiver, can run routes well, and can just you know just give us four or five catches a game, maybe give us a big first down or two a game, I'm not expecting the most out of him. I think Robbie's going to have to really right. step it up with the absence of Anunwa. But this was something that makes a lot more sense after the fact, because I don't think none of us knew what was going on with Quincy. When we first made the move, I was a little confused why they did it, confused why the Patriots would deal with us to begin with. But it seems like maybe the Patriots maybe looked at it like, hell, if we can get value for this guy that we might have to just release anyway, right. if we can get a little something for it, why not? And the Patriots, uh, after that trade was completed, Bill Belichick has now made a trade with every single team in the NFL. Because the Jets were the last team he had never made a trade with until that trade with the Jets this Jeez. weekend. Yeah, that was the first trade that we had since we got Bill Belichick, or gave Bill Belichick up to the Patriots for a couple of draft picks. So, that was another move. And then, then uh, I don't know if you heard my my comment when we started the show, but I said, I'm thick and <laughs> Welcome to the team, Sam. I mean, what, what, what could we say? I had to Google him up because I knew... Thicken's kid. I had to Google him up. This, wasn't this familiar. Ficken, this thickened dude. The best highlight. So he, find, guys, the best highlight I yeah. could find is the best highlight we could find on YouTube. Me and Mike was thickened. I think it was him crushing on Family Night a 65 yard field goal for the Packers. Mike, uh, me and Mike looked at that. He, Keith, let me tell you this. So he was Penn State. His sophomore year, he was kicking like 63 percent. Junior year was like 65 percent, and then senior year he kicked 83 percent. Now 83 percent is pretty dope for college. Uh, mo- most of the guys that we had in there were all in the lower 70s. So 83 percent in the senior year was pretty good. Um, then he went and played kick for the Rams. Uh, Zerline went down. He came in, kicked a couple field goals, whatever. Then uh, they cut him because Zerline came back. And then he was on the practice squad, or he was over there at Green Bay this summer, and he supposedly, from what everything was heard, he is, did really, really well over there. And they thought that he was going to have a very good career if he ended up in a good situation. So Yeah, and they have Crosby, so there wasn't you know, really a good chance of him making that squad. Crosby really, he's been their kicker for a minute yep. there over in Green Bay. Right, right. So, look. But why? So this is my question. What, why wasn't he the kicker week one? Ex- oh. I don't. I don't. It's such a. If good this point. guy's so I, I good just, and he was uh, battling Mason Crosby, why is this? Why are we throwing out this Viking guy who's kicking balls into? He, he literally kicked one point. Didn't even go at the towards the goalpost. One kick. I'm like, I was like, where's this ball? It was like a punt. I mean, I'm happy that we brought him in. We'll see what happens. I have no uh, idea. Sam Ficken, man. If he does bad though, that name is serious. It's serious. We got a new kicker. Strong. This is either gonna go one of two ways. Ficken's kicking. Ficken becomes a legend, or. <laughs> 
all-time worst name in the history of kicking. Ever. Yeah. He just completely goes down as one of the biggest jabronis in sports history. A Vedvik already took the title. <laughs> Last week, Vedvik cost us a game already. Oh, yeah. Well, all of them are de- right now doing shots with Senor. He's probably got six or yeah. seven jet kickers. And you guys know Senor right loves kickers. He loves kickers. He, <laughs> he, he has a lot of kickers down there. Former <laughs> kickers. He's waiting on Vinatieri. Yeah, he's, he's been waiting on Vinatieri forever. <laughs> They're tight. They're tight. <laughs> um, guys, A-B situation, though. Let's oh, get into it real quick before we start about next week and we get out of here. This is, if anybody, I'm sure a lot of listeners who, who are listening right now, they love football. They probably watched Hard Knocks. They saw the very erratic and strange nature of A-B. And what I mean by that, guys, is some of my boys, like Wookie, for instance, played football at a high level until he was in college. He looks like... Like somebody who is concussed, like yeah. as he's talking to you, like what I mean, like he has like a far away look, yeah. like a crazy person that's like, that's in there. his eyes, yeah. as if something's like off a little. Like and he's then, somewhere else. Before we get to all the other stuff that came out this week, I just yeah. mean just from watching that show, I was like, I would message you and Mike. I'm like, he seems like he's out there, oh, really no. far out there in a different universe. Um, which can sometimes happen when you're a tremendous a human being and you become amazing at something and you get put in a pedestal for a really long time. Right. Your perception of reality can change to right. a degree. What happened the end of last week into this weekend into now before we, you know, get into the the Jets with the Browns is AB becoming a New England Patriot, Mike, and the, the turn of events that happened here, the, the timeline of everything that happened just to all NFL conspiracy theorists and, and Patriot haters, Michael Agaris being the number one of them of all, very, very interesting. So the Raiders traded a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio Brown. He was their pride and joy, one of the biggest marketing tools that they had. Um, he caused issues the entire time, A.B. Um, and then, weirdly, after he got cut, we found out that he had hired a social media consultant to figure out how to get cut, how to promote um, ways where the Raiders would just get frustrated and end up cutting them and losing $30 million. Now, what type of human being would do something like that unless he already had something locked up on the other side? And lo and behold, less than six hours after being released, he signed with the New England Patriots. Now... Do they deserve the benefit of the doubt? Absolutely not! We know exactly the organization we're dealing with, don't we? So should we give them the benefit of the doubt? Get the hell out of here. We know damn well Rosen, had, his, his, his agent, had things already worked out, which is tampering, by the way. Which is tampering, by the way. But, oh yeah, no, they're, you know, they're, they're just the Patriots. It's okay. Well, guess what? We just found out that Antonio Brown is being charged with rape. Hmm. So now they're saying, oh, it's a money grab, all that stuff. And what's Bill Belichick do? Oh, he's at practice. We'll, we'll see what happens with this team. I mean, l- listen, we don't even need to, we don't even need to go into it anymore with them. I mean, they're literally, look, their, their, their owner was involved with sex, tra- sex trafficking human beings. Well, Mike, hold on a second. I, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm saying a fact. I'm saying an actual fact. I mean, is there any? I mean, well, hold on. I know he was. Patrick Chung. I know he was. Patrick Chung was moving weight. Patrick Chung was moving weight a a month ago. That's true. Now that's very another interesting point that we forget. And one of the things you can't leave out is they did have their tight end blow someone's brains out on the side of the highway while he was a New England Patriot. Yeah. And then apparently go to jail and kill himself. So 
A lot of things they do that are very shady. That has nothing to do with this situation. AB is innocent to proven guilty. We'll see what happens with AB. All the facts of that case, everything will come to light like these things normally do. It's going to take a lot of time. Uh, we have no idea what AB did or didn't do. Right. But he did apparently send some emails that were very interesting to this woman. Doesn't mean he's guilty at all. Just means you got to be a little smarter than that. If you, you know, it's like, for instance, most, most criminal masterminds, um, which I'm not saying AB is at all, committed any crime at all. That's not what the ABG podcast is saying remotely. They don't send out emails like that. So it almost makes you think he didn't do anything because that was that was as moronic as can be. But that's the Patriots. That's the Patriots' way. Mike, it's par for the course with them. And, you know, Michael Garris is the leader of the anti-Patriots hatred group. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all when it comes to sports. And the pedestal they get put on at this point when... The APHG? And it is, to me, to me at least it's fitting that the Patriots get AB. I think it was Friday into Saturday, whatever it was last weekend. And less than one week after getting Antonio Brown, Bill Belichick is at a press conference being grilled by the reporters in Boston, who today did a great job having to deflect questions about rape allegations. So that's 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 what you get, I guess. And that's that's for the Patriots, not a big deal. He just said, we're on to Miami, we're on to Miami. And then when a reporter said, well, you didn't answer my question. Said, yes, I did. And he's like, well, no, you didn't. Because on to Miami is not an answer to the question I just asked. But hey, when you build Belichick, you can do whatever you want, like you said. But let's get on to our team. <laughs> Guys... We lost last week, I get it. Down 0-1. The team we're going up against, also 0-1. Big time game coming up. Mike is going to be here in yep. New York at the game with me. The Wookiee will be at the game with me. Let's talk about it. Week 2, Monday Night Football. Jets, Browns, let's go. The situation kind uh, of got heavy on me. So here we go. Monday Night Football is upon us. Jets, Browns, second home game of the season. Last week, very disappointing. Let's put that behind us. We just talked about it. Therapeutic. Got it out of our system. On to the Browns. I'm done with that. I'm done with AB. I'm done with all this nonsense. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield, Mike. I want to talk about his bad game last week. The Browns, disappointing versus the Titans. Second half, let the game get away from them. I don't know. Coming into this game versus the Jets this week... The defensive line of the Browns, pretty good. Yeah. You know, defense of the Browns, pretty good. At least on paper. Versus, they were able to move the ball a little bit on the Titans, but the Titans' defense is really what locked it down. Baker Mayfield, the second mm-hmm. half last week, bit of a meltdown. Pick six, lost the game, Mike. I think we got some advantages here. The Browns are actually favored by two points here coming into this game, even though they're a road team. So you know Vegas thinks they're going to win the game, maybe. So Vegas is definitely looking at the Browns. are going to take a W. I think... The Jets have a good shot at winning this one, Mike. I know most people wouldn't pick the Jets to win. Last week, I thought we'd win too, but hopefully some adjustments by Gase. Get Lev even more involved in the mix with the passing game. We've got Demarius Thomas now. Monday Night Football crowd is going to be going yeah. psycho. Wookie's going to be there. Mike's going to be there. I'm going to be there. What do you think, Mike? I think that if the Browns are smart, they'll spread it five wide, and they'll just attack the secondary and pick apart the Jets secondary, and I don't think that Tremaine Johnson or any of these sec- these cornerbacks can cover the Browns' wide receiving core currently constituted. Um, that being said, their offensive line is suspect, and Greg Williams really knows the personnel on this team very, very well, and he does have a chip on his shoulder uh, because he got passed over for head coach by Freddie Kitchens. So Greg, Greg Williams is going to be fired up, and his defense is going to be fired up. And we have to take advantage of that poor offensive line. So I expect a lot of blitz packages. Uh, last week, they were more conservative with their packages because they were trying to enforce that Josh Allen would play quarterback and not beat them on the run. So you didn't see a lot of blitzing. Uh, but Mayfield, I think they're going to let the Hounds go. 
and um, we know that C.J. Mosley most likely will be available. So that really is the way if the Jets are to win, uh, they have to put pressure on Baker Mayfield and make sure that he stays on his toes all game long. But uh, Sam, look, this secondary is not great. Greedy Williams is not as good as advertised. He's not a good tackler. We knew that with him coming out of LSU. Um, he can definitely be attacked. The, the, the linebackers are okay at best. Joe Sherbert and Darius Taylor. Um, Christian Kirksey. These guys are not the greatest linebacking core. So, and their safeties, uh, Morgan Burnett and Demarius Randall, decent. But um, this is a secondary that can definitely be had. And I'm expecting Sam Darnold to really come out and show the fans, the NFL, his team, that he can be that quarterback that we all hope and believe that he is. And it's going to be on him really to push this team and try to stay because it's, I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but uh, our defensive line against their O line is going to be a good matchup. And then their, their, their offense against our secondary is going to be a good matchup. And depending on who manages it the best, we'll win the game. Miles Garrett is a problem. With their defensive line. And last week he had two sacks. They have Sheldon Richardson now too. So everything you just said is on point. The thing I'm worried about, their secondary could be had. And maybe their linebackers aren't as good as everyone thinks. But is Sam going to have the time back there to get anything done? That's what I'm worried about. I mean, coming off last week, I think that the Browns defensive line might even be better than the Bills. We'll see by the end of the year if if that's true or not. Now, Baker Mayfield last game tossed the ball around 38 times. But like Mike said, doesn't run the ball. He didn't have one rushing attempt uh, last week, Mike. He didn't right. run the ball once. So, But he tossed the ball around 38 times. He had 25 completions, 285 yards of TD, three ints for Baker. Chubb, good running back. But ODB, Landry, Higgins, and Joku, they do have some weapons when it comes to throwing the ball. So you, they probably will spread us out because why wouldn't you right. when it comes to the Jets? I mean, when you got Dow Roberts out there, when you're as thin a corner as we are, I mean, the Bills didn't really do it because I don't think Josh Allen... They did it sometimes. They had some four wide receiver sets out there. But I don't, Josh Allen isn't really uh, the most accurate quarterback. He's not Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's a different type of quarterback. The scheme this week will be completely different. You have to hope that we can generate more of a pass rush than last week. I mean, the Bills offensive line's better than the Browns offensive line. But our defensive line last week did not play very well. Even though the Bills offensive line's better, mm-hmm. they didn't play that great. So, I mean, if we could, we have to generate a little something on Baker, make him uncomfortable. You can't just let him sit back there and throw the ball around. Even his first game last oh, year, Camden versus the Jets, slinging it on us. They won the game. You know, that, that was, that's, you know, his welcome to the NFL. So I want to pay them back now. Oh, like, absolutely. I want to pay that double yeah, back. Yeah, no, I, 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 I want to. I just, I have a feeling, Keith, that and Jet fans are not going to be happy with me. I think we're going to lose this game, and I think this team is going to go one and five to start the season. I have, I just have the feeling that's what's going to happen with this team. I, I want everyone to just understand. Look, this is not what I want. Okay, team needs to tread water, and I was hoping for two and four to start at least because I think we could dig ourselves out of that with our soft back end of the schedule. But I'm looking at it right now the way it is and our depth and. I just, I don't know, man. I don't think this is going to be a good start. And depending on how bad this team gets buried, um, it can it could tornado. It could quickly. be tough, this game especially. I mean, a lot of talent with there with the Browns. And I think that the Jets' offense, when it comes to the passing offense, 
Um, they, they just can't operate so close to the line of scrimmage. You're going to have to push the ball down the field a little bit. But then when you think about pushing the ball down the field a little bit, who are you going to throw it to? Well, you right. got Robbie now. At least you got Thomas now, who seems like most yep. of his career is a decent downfield target. Thomas a much higher catch percentage in his career than Robbie Anderson also when it comes to actually holding on to the ball um, and pushing the ball downfield. But this could be a tough one too, Mike. I mean, I'm torn what I think is going to happen because I do, on paper, I'm like, the Browns last last week, you know they're going to be coming in, going for the jugular, but do you really, if, if I almost don't want to think we can lose this one because if we do and you look at the games after it, this can spiral. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, yeah. I think that we said when we did our, when we talked about the season before uh, game one, Mike, I said, you know, be prepared to maybe have some losses there at the beginning of the season. Maybe B two and four. Maybe B two, three, and five. I right? expected then, the Bills, Keith. I expected the Bills. I know, but what I'm, what I'm I saying is, I expected that. We shit. expected maybe to have some losses, and then the second half of the season, maybe able to get some wins and get those back because the second half of our schedule is not as tough. But this is one of the ones you had to have, yeah. I think. And you know, it's yeah. only and, and it's only have it. So you know, there's no there's no must wins. A lot of different things can happen, and maybe one of the two games versus the Patriots somehow we take a win, and then you're like, all right, well, you know what? We got one of the games you didn't think we'd you win, think and get, we lost yeah. one to the Bills, and that happens every year. Usually you get a game or two you don't think you're going to get. Look. And maybe look, this is I one need, of them right here. Because, I, I mean, I know I need, Monday Night Football, I know all the Jeff fans that are listening to this that are going to be there in the stadium. It's going to be rocking. And people I are going to be hyped. Adam Gase. I need Gase to show his value, Keith. I need him to show me why the hell he's a coach. That, that's what I need. I need him to show me why he's our coach. I was really, really... Like of everything, I was so upset and I was so disappointed with the offense and the calling, the play calling specifically, and the utilization of the quarterback. I really was. I I, I was astounded in a way that he was so narrow-minded in how he did things. I thought he would be so much more innovative using you know the two you know Ty Montgomery or you know whatever. It was. It wasn't good, and I, I I need to see it, Keith. Yeah, that was another one see. of Gase's answers to the media when they asked him about Ty Montgomery, and he said that, I'm the head coach, I can do whatever I want. Or I might be paraphrasing that not exactly perfectly correctly, but something of that nature. But so, Mike, it almost yeah. is one of these games that, you, I mean, I gotta, you can't say it's a must win when it's game right. two, but you go to 0-2... And you look at the schedule after that, when you got the Pats twice, you got the Cowboys coming up, the Eagles coming up. I mean, they got to run a run of games, and it's going to be tough. And they're going to be they're going to be the underdog in every game yeah. for a while now, uh, moving forward. You know, yeah. on the schedule, crazy. And then you look at the Patriots schedule, and they play to get Cape They play no court playoff games for the first six. Games. It's just, it's just, it's just. Oh. We got to hope this week, Mike. Gase comes with a better game plan. Teams on the same page. Defense, I thought, played really well last week. Hopefully we get more of that this week. Maybe, you know, get to Baker Mayfield. Create more of a little pass rush there. All eyes are going to be on, you know, third and seven when Baker Mayfield drops back yep. in our secondary. That's where all our heads are going to be. It's like, well, what's going to happen here? You know, who's going to be open? Is ODB going to be open? Is Landry going to be open? Uh, can we actually get to the dude? So, very, very interesting game. High stakes game, even though it's week two. I'm really, really excited. Mike's going to be here yep. with us. Yep. The Wookiee, of course, will be there as well. Yep. Guys, we'll have some pictures for you guys. We'll be blasting them out on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all those type of things. 
Uh, Senor's been active this week too. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, Senor yeah. had Senor actually dis- disavowed AB this morning yes, he did. when he heard the news. Yeah, I saw that. And then actually he had a I little something that. to say about uh, the Patriots too. Senor, Senor, obviously we all know we don't have to get into it. Senor hates the Patriots. He hates Belichick. They have some. It goes back deep. To back when he was defensive coordinator for the Giants. I don't know what happened. He hates the Dolphins. I heard he hates the Dolphins. That's something. That's really something weird. weird. And that's another time we can ask Senor about that next time he's on because he had some incident with a dolphin once in the water, oh, like an actual dolphin. That was good. And then it just turned sour. And then since then, he just he actually Ooh, the top has, off. Yeah, exactly. Another episode of ABG is in the books next week. Browns Jets <laughs> coming up, man. I'm really excited about it. Happy to have Mike coming in. And if anybody wants to listen to us, Mike supporters, let their friends know about us in any way, shape, or form. Where can they do that? Oh, well, we're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com. Follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of Michael Lagaris and the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Kronk. My name is Keith Farrell, everybody. Have a great week. Peace out. Hey, this is John Amos, and uh, they say it ain't easy being green. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Are Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leader.